Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 135. Hi, this is Luke Weber, author of The Flipping Blueprint. If you want to learn how networking fuels your business, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Luke Weber. A former real estate appraiser, Luke has used his valuation knowledge to build a real estate investing model that has allowed him to flip hundreds of properties across the country from single family homes to apartment buildings. With an abundance mentality, Luke has put the keys to his success into his book, The Flipping Blueprint. So those that want to take action now have a path to do so. Consistently in the top 1% of the top 1% of all books on Amazon, The Flipping Blueprint contains what Luke does in his business day in and day out with a step-by-step path for readers to take immediate action and 
and move towards financial freedom through real estate investing. Luke, welcome to the show, brother. Super stoked to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now? Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I'd have to say the thing that I'm most excited about right now, obviously I'm in the real estate world, is that so many markets are just exploding and there's so much opportunity for people out there. Constantly in, in this real estate world, we're told that, oh, you're, you were too late. There's no more deals out there, that, that kind of negativity. But when I hear that going into a market, that just means that that's the right market to be in. There's always going to be deals out there. And I hear it nationwide. We invest in several different markets across the country right now. But I've got people I know and follow in, in all different places. And it's booming and people are just doing great, getting amazing returns and finding more deals than they ever have before. Yeah. Yeah. I think that all comes back to that one part of the bio that we just talked about, which is that abundance mentality. Can you talk about how that has affected your ability to find deals? You know, it's call it whatever you want, right? There's karma and treating people right, the golden rule, all that kind of stuff. But we really do operate, and I really do operate on the abundance mentality where I've trained people how to flip houses here in Las Vegas, where I'm based and where I do most of my stuff. And these are people that are going out, finding their own deals or networking at one of my events and meeting people and closing on a deal that I would have loved to have had myself, but I applaud them for it because there are enough deals out there. And as you give back, you get back. It's known right now. If you go onto a lot of the uh, Facebook group pages for real estate investing and you just say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody in Vegas to sell a house to, or, or who can I ask a question about? I've got people all over the country saying, go to Luke Weber. And I end up getting deals off of it, just yeah. straight word of mouth, marketing, networking. And it's because I'm always giving back. I'm happy to ask, answer people's questions. And in my book, uh, you know, I've got a ton of reviews on, on Amazon for it. And the people love it because I'm not holding things back. Hmm. I want to give them as many pieces as I could physically put into a book and make it comprehensible. Hmm. You know, it's just been a fun journey. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that has really, really been something that I've been learning a lot recently because so my background's all in door-to-door -door sales. That's how I made the majority of my income is just knocking on doors, selling deals. And there's it's a very competitive industry. It's like legal drug dealing. And it's like there's a thick margin. It's not like a real estate sale where it's a huge margin, but it's a thick margin. And there's people competing and taking reps and all this other stuff happening. It's all about competition. And so that was kind of my, my mentality. When I started doing this podcast, I started talking to people who were really, really successful in business and asking them questions just like I'm doing with you right now. And that started being a recurring theme for me. People were like, you know what? It was when I stopped competing with people and started trying to help those same people, even though they were in competition with me, it helped me and it helped them because we were both helping each other. And that synergy helped us to like all of us raised the income that we were doing that year. And I started thinking, well, that's good for you, you know, but like, that's just the way that you like to do business type thing, right? I want to like do it this other way. And then I was talking to Grant Cardone on an interview, like, I don't know, a month ago now. And he said the same exact thing, which surprised me because, I mean, you know, Grant's stuff is like always like in your face, like super competitive, like beat everybody type thing. And he was like, bro, he was like, the minute I realized that competition is dead, that's when my business like went through the roof. He was like, 
Competition's a dead art. Collaboration is where it is. Giving other people platforms, like giving value to other people, that's where the real money is, especially in today's economy. And I was, that was just mind-blowing to hear that from somebody like Grant, because he's always so opposite of that, it seems like, you know? But yeah, totally. And I love that that's kind of what you stand for. And I mean, I've, I've only known you for a short period of time. It seems like you're constantly trying to give back, help out people, and do your part, which, like you said, if your hand's always closed you know what I mean? To giving to people, it's also closed to be able to receive anything. Such a great mentality to have. So let's go back a little bit further here, Luke. So you started out in the real estate industry. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Was this something that like when you were in high school, when you're in college, you were always like, hey, I know I want to be in real estate in some form or fashion. Or was it just kind of like, nah, I, I partied in high school, partied in college, ended up just appraising properties. And I was like, oh, look, I can make money flipping. Well, you know, I think every kid at one point says growing up, I'm dreaming of becoming a real estate appraiser. That's, that's <laughs> a common dream, right? Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> you know, have majors for that at universities, right? <laughs> no, it's funny because I was running a travel company. Uh, this is back in 99, 2000 when I first came out to Vegas. And <laughs> it was just awful. It was so cutthroat working, 18 hour days, all that kind of stuff. And I finally, I had enough. How old were you at this time? Like, what's the yeah, timeline? Well, I was. I was 19, 20 years old, and I was a VP of a travel company. I just worked myself up in that company over the course of two years from data entry to hand into everything. Got it. But it was, it was just not fun. <laughs> <laughs> On the day that the owner of the company, and this is actually the stories of my book, the day the owner of the company blew up in my office in front of other employees, accused me of being on drugs, which I'm not a drug guy. That's not me. <laughs> I went into the office, dropped my keys on his desk, said, I'm out. He kept a loaded gun in his desk. 
And he said, do you know what this does to me? I should shoot you right now. I calmly walked. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how, like, insane this job, the stress level works. I took, like, three months off living on savings, and savings disappear pretty quick when you're not working. Yeah. Like, I want a non-stress job, so I took this job for a data entry position at a a real estate appraisal firm. Mm -hmm. Quickly got my license, started learning all the real ins and outs of it. And within two years, I bought my first flip and started flipping and buying rentals. So this was back like 2001, 2002-ish time. So licensed in 2001, bought my first flip in 03, quickly followed with building a small rental portfolio and doing some more flips. And then the market crashed. Hmm. I saw it coming, but not as bad as it did. And for the, the listeners... This was in Las Vegas, like the epicenter of the crash. I know other markets got hit, but Vegas market dropped 67% when it from the top to the bottom. I had a house I was trying to sell in 06 under contract, fell out of contract after a couple of months. I went to relist it and I had to drop the price 30 grand because the market dropped that fast. It was just a crazy time. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. So during that time, were there thoughts of like, screw this, I'm going back to doing something else? Or was it just like, man, I just got to figure this out and like take it in stride and figure out how to keep making money? Well, the, the crazy thing about the crash, so I still had my real estate appraisal firm. So, so I was still making money that way. Now, there definitely were dips in that income over time. And it was a stressful time for everybody across the country. Yeah. But 2009, because I had built such a good reputation in the business for appraising was my most profitable year ever as an appraiser. Oh, wow. Do you, yeah, why do you think that is? I was willing to work hard. Uh, I was working those 18 hour days, but I was doing it for myself. And as an appraiser, you're really only making money if you're working. And it was just a bust ass kind of time. Let's see. My son was born in, uh, 07. Wait now. <laughs> yeah, <it was> seven. <laughs> it all kind of blends, blends together. Yeah, yeah. So he was one, two years old at that time, and I was just like, I, I got to do whatever I can to to make this work for my family. Yeah, yeah. And 2010 rolls around, and I'm following the numbers and looking at the stats, and I said, Hey, we're at the bottom. I need to start buying again. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So for those of you listening that don't have a huge background in real estate, just so you understand, I'm sure the work that you were putting in up to the 09 point with your appraisal firm was probably some of the most important work that you did, I'm assuming, because after the crash, when they like reevaluated and came out with all these different mortgage rules and laws and regulations and stuff, now all of a sudden, like realtors and lenders can't choose their own appraisers and like you can't like get your repeat and referral business anymore. It's like randomly assigned through an escrow account or something like that, right? So how did that affect your business and how important do you think it was like those years leading up of building that reputation in order for you to be able to thrive in a year where most people were just doing horrible. Yeah. It's no matter what industry you're in, you have to know what's going on in it. You can't just put the blinders on and just do your day to day. You have to be aware of your surroundings and with the real estate appraisal world and the mortgage industry and everything that was happening, I got elbow deep in there and, and followed the legislation so I could see what was happening I actually changed my entire clientele over that two to three year period where I was no longer working for the mortgage companies that were giving out the loans and dealing with the individual homeowners that were refining or buying or, or selling or whatever the case was. 
I actually started working directly for the banks mm-hmm. where I was, I was getting uh, contracts with them and I was doing a lot of work where I didn't even have to leave my office, my home office. I, I mean, I was writing appraisals in my underwear. It's like seriously making, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars a day, just doing what I wanted because I positioned myself that way. Now it took a lot of hard work and, and reaching out to people and proving myself and then continually doing it. And you always had to be on call in that industry to continue to get the work. It's really being aware of my surroundings and acting on what I saw coming up. Got it. Got it. And there's so much good stuff there. But one of the things that I like that I really want to pull out of that, what you just said, because it is happens to be the topic of this show is reaching out to people. And that's something that since the you know the last couple of weeks, since I've known you've been following kind of your stuff, that's something that I've seen that you do a very good job at because most people let it happen organically and just like hope it just kind of like happens, right? But you are somebody that understands the value of putting yourself in networking situations, of reaching out to people cold, of building relationships so much that you put a lot of time, energy, effort, and actual physical money into building a network for yourself. So I want to start on that conversation here. And the first question I always ask every single guest that comes on the show to get this conversation going is this, do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important? And why? You know, it's <laughs> it's a little bit of a tough one, right? Because they're both important. So really trying to narrow it down to, is it what you know that's more important or who you know? You have to know how to find the people that you need to know. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. A lot of it does, it starts with a base of knowledge, right? You have to go out and have- A, a competency, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you're out talking to people- and you don't know what to say or how to say it. And you might have the right person in front of you at the right time, at the right networking event, whatever it is. But if you're not talking the right language with them, it's all for naught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could actually be a negative. Yeah, for sure. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I met that guy like two years ago. He was a buffoon. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the way it goes. It's tough, but you have to start off as a buffoon and you can't be afraid of being the buffoon. You just got to get out there. Right. And as you start talking about it and meeting more people and networking, whether it's physical or, you know, like we're doing right now, this is a Skype call, right? Or even just the digital connections on email and messaging services, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. It's you have to craft your messages right to get the end result that you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. So I know you really want an answer. What's more important? <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you my perspective on it and yeah. then I'll, I'll let you talk into it a little bit. So I've asked this question now to close to 150 people, entrepreneurs, successful people that are like in this. And I've gotten an insane variety of answers to it. After all of that, I arrived at the conclusion that I think it's who, but it's because I've always found that my who will always exponentially increase my what, whereas the opposite isn't necessarily true. Will your who increase with your what? Yes, it will. It's just, it's not, it'll naturally rise with it. But with my, if I really like increase my who like crazy, then my what will increase exponentially. Like the way that I look at it is like, you know how, when you go to like an amusement park, right. And your friends are going to go get in line and then you got to go to the bathroom real quick. And then you go to the bathroom, you come back out, your friends are like 25 people ahead and they're like, Hey, 
Luke, come on up to this part of the line now. And you're like, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And you walk past like 25 people to get to where your friends are. That's like how I view networking. And that's how I view the who you know, what you know thing, because... If you know somebody that's 25 people ahead, that's already walked those same steps that those 25 people are in and have already been in those positions, they can call you up to that part of the line to where you can just skip rungs on the ladder where you're just walking by people who are trying to do it by themselves, trying to figure it out themselves, maybe reading books, maybe listening to audio, like doing all the right things. But it's so much better to get that actionable advice from somebody that's already been there and that what will increase exponentially. That's the way that I've viewed it. Yeah, that really is so true. I mean, we have conversations with people that are at a higher level than us. The offhanded stuff that they just say and is in their normal day-to-day, right. and it can be just the most profound thing for somebody that is at that 25 levels underneath or whatever, mm-hmm. and they'll take them up. Maybe not the full 25, but it'll jump up 5 or 10. Exactly. And you have those conversations. You have multiple people. It's the old saying, right? If you walk into the room and, and you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. You need to expand that network and, and find those people at that higher level that will pull you up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the big thing because usually when I ask that question, it the way I think maybe I need to try to figure out a way to rephrase it because the way that most people perceive it to be, they never think of it in a mentorship capacity, which is like half of what I think who you know is about. It's not about who you know, like who I know that I can make a deal with that's going to put seven figures in my pocket tomorrow. It's like... Who do I know that I can spend time with that can teach me about the thing that I want to learn about to where that I can put seven figures in my own pocket tomorrow because of the stuff that I learned from that person? That is just kind of the way that I've kind of formed my opinion through asking over a hundred and something people that question throughout doing this show. But yeah, so sounds like we're basically on the same page though. Right. <laughs> yeah. You gleam those golden nuggets, that golden needle in a haystack kind of things. Mm-hmm. I talk with a lot of new investors or, or people that are just getting into the business. Mm-hmm. And just in conversation, it's, I'm just talking about the steps of a deal. And they're like, wait, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Like, what's that? Right. That's just the standard stuff you're supposed to do. (laughs) Right, right. So all right, let's get you. Yeah. yeah, Let's go back to square one here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. No, it's just crazy, man. You hang out with people that are just so far, like, even like you said, just the slightest little change in conversation, the way that they talk, their mentality, all that kind of stuff is just mind blowing to me. Like when I'm hanging out with some of these people that I've had on the show and they're just talking about their multi-million dollar deal that they just did, like that kind of stuff is just mind blowing to me because I'm still over here, not at that point. And it's like, gosh, that's just such a crazy mindset. And especially because 99% of other people that you hang out with, like if you're doing well at all, like if you're into the six figures, Mark, you're probably doing better than them. So like they're looking at you with like, oh man, this guy's got so much money. This guy does big time deals. And then like you get in a room with people who are worth, uh, you know, 50 million or a hundred million or a quarter billion dollars. And it's like, it's literally like my money is just like pocket change to them, you know? And it's just like getting around that mentality is something that's just grows you so much. Something that I found really, really valuable. So you do a lot of different proactive things on purpose, Luke, like what kind of what we're talking about in order to make sure that you're consciously building your network. Can you talk about a couple of those things? Yeah. So going back to the uh, analogy of the ladders and the rungs, you also have to remember that people at your same level, if they're in a different marketplace, are going to be able to help you as well. It's not just reaching for the guys up at that top rung. Network laterally also, Mm -hmm. you know, bring people into your circle. They might be doing something different than you. 
that you're not doing and you're doing something different that they're not doing and you network that way. It's really, really important to go both ways with it because every little golden nugget that you find that you get works. So one of the things that I do in my local market and that, and Travis, that's actually where we met. You came to one of my networking events. Mm-hmm. If anyone's in real estate or, you know, I'm sure you've gone to meetups for local entrepreneurs or whatever the case is, there's usually a, hey, put in 20 bucks for the two free drink ticket kind of thing, right? I hold a real estate investing meetup every couple of months. I invite anybody interested in real estate to it. I give a full food buffet, right? This time we had pizza and sliders and nachos, and I don't even know what else was all there. Nobody should go hungry at your, your thing. And everyone should have a drink in their hand. We had Mai Tais and Sea Breezes and an open bar, zero cost, right? If you feed them, they will come. And, <laughs> yeah. and you get all different people at it. Now, I advertise this to my immediate and expanded network. And I, I let them know it's okay for them to bring people as well. Mm. So I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram posting that, hey, my next meetup's here. And then I've got a couple other kind of strategic partners that post it as well. Got it. And it, got so it. that it, it will get into different channels besides my immediate channel. How has that affected not only your network, but your bottom line? So the event ends up costing us, and whether you have... There's all different ways to do this. You could just have people meet up for coffee and spend a couple hundred dollars. But but my typical event is somewhere around $5,000 is what it costs me. Mm-hmm. That's because we hold a charity raffle and every dollar that we raise for that, we actually match it. So that's just another reason to bring people in. We pick a local charity uh, and write a check at the end of the night kind of thing. So I'm around about $5,000 for that event. And indirectly from these events, we typically end, end up getting two or three deals. Now, in real estate, a real estate deal, I flip houses, right? I fix and flip. My average profit margin on these deals is probably in the twenty-five to 30000 range. So 5000 to make <laughs> yeah. 80000 is well worth it. Mm-hmm. But that's continual building relationships where those will come down the road. And now it's not immediate. It's not like I'm just picking up a check for 80000 right there. Right. Right. And, you know, all done and said, you still got to put in the work, you got to nurture the the new relationships. Mm-hmm. But I'm not just looking for deals at these things. I'm, I'm looking for strategic partners. I'm also looking for private money lenders. In real estate, you need three things. Properties, money. It doesn't have to be your money. It can be somebody else's. Property, money, and contractors. Depending on what type of real estate you're doing, you usually need contractors of some sort. And, you know, I usually find uh, one or two private money lenders at these properties or at the uh, meetups as well now. You know, it's when you're up on stage, you have all the credibility, right? You have so much more credibility when you're on the stage versus when you're just the guy in the back of the room sitting on a couch with a drink in his hand. And I learned this from a friend of mine who who actually teaches people on professional speaking and how to win stages, get stages, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of your options is create your own stage, right? Yeah. For anybody listening to this, you can go out and create your own stage, whether it's at the coffee shop or you're doing a, a big network event with hundreds of people at it, you can create it. And by being the creator of that, that just throws your credibility up through the roof. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things with doing these networking events that helps you grow both locally 
for your market and also nationally because you know what post a couple of pictures with the exactly. yep. 100 people at an event or people feel they're like hey, i'm not going to that but then they see the pictures and they're like man i missed out Mm-hmm. And then they want to go to the next one. They reach out, hey, how can I connect with you? And right. they see the free beers and the free food. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that drink tab was was high. <laughs> yeah. Good time, man. Yeah, thanks to me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about it is if you are making a stage, make it the way you want. It's your business. It's no matter real estate or stock trading or uh, personal development, whatever. Have it be you and yours yeah that, that's for too many people try to copy other people we kind of you and i talked about this a little bit travis where so someone sees something and tries to just copy them and I, oh they're doing really well i'm going to do that too no you still have to do your thing right 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 and that's how people will resonate with you because you're being genuine and honest and and you really do have to with an abundance mentality you have to believe it Right. Otherwise, it just comes off wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to come off like totally, totally not genuine because you're like people can tell if you have some sort of an ulterior motive when you go into something like that. That's one thing I do want to point out here is like if you're listening to this and you're like, man, you know what? I think I could do my own event, my own meetup. And then you go organize it and you pay for it. And then like a month later, you didn't get any deals from it or you didn't make any money from it. Like don't throw your hands up in the air and be like, oh, this doesn't work because everything like this relationships, networking, it takes time. So I'm sure the first event that you held, Luke, was probably not as packed out as the one that I just met you at. Like the more that you do it, the more people start hearing about it, more word of mouth starts bringing more people into it, the more qualified people, the more credible people show up. And then all of a sudden, that's when the deals start coming in. Like, that's when the fire hydrant opens up instead of just leaking a little bit of water here and there. So this is all a long-term game, especially anything when it comes to relationships. It's always a long-term game. And that's a huge mindset shift that has to take place if you're going to like start doing these kinds of things a lot more. So, but yeah, I just want to say something on that. It's okay to start small, right? You don't have to go with the hundred people plus kind of event. I started by doing one-on-one coffee meetups, And then I started doing group meetups for like five or 10 people to go have coffee or a coffee shop or a lunch meeting, something like that. Like, Hey, let's just get together and talk and ask whatever questions you have for me. Yeah. And then as I started traveling, I would set up meetups Hmm. where it's like, Hey guys, I'm going to be in this town this day. I'm going to be at this coffee shop. If you want to talk, I'll be there for two hours. Let's do it. And sometimes I would have like three people show up. And one time we, we did a dinner and like, I, I expected like 10, 12 people would show up. We had like 25 people show up. Oh, wow. So, and no matter what, I mean, if you plan for the 25 and only three people show up, you still roll with it. And, and just know that these three people are going to be the best three people there that night and give them all of your focus. Yeah, exactly. So roll with the punches. It's all growth stuff. And you want everybody leaving your event feeling like they got something out of it. Yeah. Make the most of those three people that actually showed up. Look, one of the biggest things for me when I started my show was Gary Vaynerchuk's tip, which was one is greater than zero. I actually screenshotted like a little wallpaper that he had or downloaded it, whatever, and put it on my iPhone wallpaper. And that was my background for like the first six months of my show. Like one is greater than zero. If I have three people, if I have one person, if I have 12 people that will listen to my show, it's worth putting out content for those people. And the thing is like people want to like do it halfway 
until they have a thousand people listening to their show or until they have a hundred people at their event. So like they'll do it like this totally halfway put together event because only four people showed up last time. So they're like, oh, whatever. It's not worth putting a bunch of my time into. And then it never becomes that hundred person event. And they're like, why can't I get a hundred people at my event? It's like, well, it's because you're treating it like it's a four person event. Treat it like it's a hundred person event, even though you only have four people and treat those four people like royalty. And that's how it'll start to grow. And that was huge for me because that's how that's Gary Vaynerchuk started with Wine Library. One is greater than zero, getting a hundred views on a YouTube show that nobody was watching, nobody cared about. And now he's freaking Gary V and is like probably the most followed business influencer, even though he's not the most successful. He's not a billionaire. He's probably not even worth half a billion or a quarter billion, but like he might be getting close up to that mark, but like he's not the most successful, but he is the most influential because he realized the principle of one being greater than zero. You got somebody willing to listen to you then keep putting out stuff. Yeah. One of my buddies told me a similar thing with it. He does a lot of webinars and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do webinars, sell product, all that kind of good stuff. You know, I do some of those as well, but doesn't matter if one person shows up on your webinar or there's a hundred people there, you talk and give it all as if there's a the hundred people there, right? It's that it's the thought process. Don't do this stuff half-assed. If you're going to do it half-assed, you're going to get half-assed results. Right. So whether it's an actual physical event or a virtual event, like a webinar or a, a group uh, online summit kind of thing, you record everything anyways, right. so more people can see it. <laughs> right. Let's right. you know do it right. It was funny. I told you the story when I met Gary at an event backstage, and I was so so on Gary. He, he just didn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw his stuff. I, I followed him a little bit. You know, he came up and introduced himself to me backstage, and you know, shook my hand and was just a normal guy. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he's not, yeah, necessarily. <laughs> He's still him, right? Right, He's still genuinely Gary V when he's on stage, when he's on video dropping F-bombs and and, and all that kind of stuff. And the main thing when you're doing a stage or a webinar or a networking event, getting out there, be yourself. Hmm. That's the best advice I can give anybody is just be yourself. Don't try to be something else. Yeah. And there's so much stuff that we could dive into. A really quick question that I just, I'm genuinely curious about. What do you think has brought you more credibility, your book or doing these events? Well, locally, it's the events. Nationally and uh, book, honestly, we sell that internationally. I had somebody from Australia message me yesterday about the book. So it's two different audiences. Got it. The book really grows my extended network. Okay. Each serves a different purpose, right? It's the grassroots local event, which grows me locally, mm-hmm. but nationally and internationally, it's the book that brings in the crowd. Got it. Got it. Well, cool, man. Let's go ahead and move on to here to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. Ready? All right. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Travel writer. I love traveling. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? My dad, because I miss him. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Paper books. Paper books. What is a book that you've read recently that you would recommend to the audience? My go-to book recommendation, and I, I haven't read it recently, so it's, it's kind of a uh, not answering your question, but <laughs> The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy, mm. I think is an amazing book. It's so easy to read. There's lots of little nuggets in there for people that 
whether they're just starting out as an entrepreneur or growing their business, whatever it is, if there's some really good reminders in there, I think that's a great book. But lately, I'll give you two answers. I'm always looking to expand my knowledge base. So I picked up a book from Barnes & Noble. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's it's like one page history or data. It's like a 300-page book, but each page is a synopsis, a cliff notes on some random thing. Hmm. So it's you don't have to read a whole book on something, but they're just giving you some generalities on it. Yeah. And I, I'm a huge history buff. So there's a lot of history stuff in there, gotcha. religion, world stuff, politics, art, music, all kinds of stuff in there. But each is just one page. I, I love that kind of stuff because, you know, it's sitting in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Morning routine. I wake up. I give my wife a kiss. Uh, we we might hang out for 10 minutes, stretch and do some push-ups, uh, wake the body up. I get cleaned up. I wake my son up for school. Right now he's in school. He's got about a week left. Lately, I've been waking him up using a Nerf gun. <laughs> so and the reason why I say that is because we start the day with smiles. Mm. And that's the important thing. He started and ended with smiles. Yeah. And then I head into the office. Sometimes I'll stop and pick up a coffee on the way and a, a little something to eat. And then I uh, get after it. I, I pick up where I left off the day before on, on the day-to-days, but I also try to focus on the growth items that I need to as well. What is your go-to pump-up song? Wow. You know, lately I've been listening to not a lot of music. I listen to a lot of sports radio. Oh, really? I don't use music for that. I use music not to pump myself up, but something that pumps me up, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, Because it brings joy and I'll I'll blast it in the car when it comes on and sing it with my son and just have a great time. (laughs) (laughs) What is something that you are just not very good at? (laughs) Let me say listening. Mm. It's something I'm constantly improving. And my wife let me know that I'm I'm not always the best listener. (laughs) But (laughs) but overall, it's I tend to talk and I tend to uh, overshare. And I always have to remind myself that I have to stop and listen because the best conversation you're going to have with somebody is when they speak 90% of the time and you're only speaking 10%. So be a good listener. I'm, I'm constantly working on that. As we get everything wrapped up here, Luke, what is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? Facebook. I am on Facebook, whether it's it's just randomly on Facebook in, in networking groups or within my uh, Flipping Blueprint page, answering questions in there and, and sharing things with people in that group. Perfect. I'm on Facebook a lot. Perfect. Perfect. So if you want to hear more from Luke, which I highly recommend, go check him out on Facebook. It's uh, Luke Weber, W-E-B-E-R. And also go pick up a copy of Luke's book, If Flipping Houses or Understanding More About Real Estate in General, even if you don't intend on flipping a house and making a purchase this year, if you're just like curious, which you should be because real estate is probably the best form of investing, especially for the long term. But if that is something that interests you at all, go pick up a copy of Luke's book, The Flipping Blueprint. You can find it on Amazon at Barnes & Noble. They sell nationally, internationally. Just look up Luke and I'm sure you can find it somewhere with something that he puts out. So (laughs) Luke, thanks so much for coming to the show today, man. I had a blast chatting with you. 
Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me. And let's go grab a beer soon. Will do. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.